we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for February 5th, 2024. Switching gears now, um, this is something I had a lot of listeners send me, and so I figured I would cover this. It's entitled Worms in Your Brain. I know it's a fun, lighthearted title. I get it. More and more cases are popping up of worms invading the human brain. As you learn in this video, contracting these worms can potentially, potentially be as easy as eating contaminated produce. Do your due diligence, wash your produce, and you may want to deworm regularly, plus my recommendations. Okay, so let's go ahead and listen to this short uh, Instagram video here. Let me just reload this so we can get it right from the very beginning. parasitic brain worms that have been found in metro atlanta brain worms yep you heard that right there are parasitic brain worms that go from rats to snails or slugs to humans that have been discovered in atlanta i'm not talking about neurocystosarcosis which is a common form of brain worms that you can get from eating raw pork i'm not talking about the brain worm that was recently found in that woman's brain in australia they're showing the brain worms that she's talking about and they're showing x-rays or, or some type of imaging, not an x-ray, but some type of imaging where evidently you can see them in the brain. I, probably a CAT scan. Uh, CAT scans tend to be the gold, at least when I was in practice, CAT scans were the gold standard for the brain. I didn't like them though because there was a lot of radiation involved. MRIs were more the gold standard for the spine. About the rat lungworm, also known as neuroangiostrongoliasis. You mean like rats. Researchers examined rats that were found at Zoo Atlanta, and over 20% of these brown rats contain this organism. It's a parasitic worm that's found in rats' lungs. Well, how does it get to the human brain? What happens is these larvae are living in rat lung, and the rats can cough it up ingest it and then pass on these larvae within their feces it can then develop within snails or slugs and humans can ingest these snails or slugs or even on vegetables that these guys have then been on top of and once the human ingests it so again it's that's why it's important to treat your wash your produce i'm going to get into that um it's a complicated subject i'm going to get into it next it can go to their Literally, I've never heard of this before. That's because the good news is it's extremely rare. Try not to eat raw snails or snails that have been chopped up into salads. But parasites are not extremely rare. Infections occur in Southeast Asia, but now that this species has been found within Atlanta, it's suspected that more cases may pop up in the Southeast United States. But I do think it's important to spread awareness because we may see some cases that are popping up. I believe that was an MD you were hearing there. Uh, talking uh, anyway um okay so uh, <clears throat> it's important to be aware of that regarding particularly things well and again if, if you're out in public and you eat a salad there's no way you can control that i mean <clears throat> not only are they not normally you're not going to get organic produce typically and you're going to get probably if it's washed just wash with water you need some type of surfactant to break down the chemical bonds from the chemtrails from the pesticides because if you're eating non-organic produce you're going to be getting pesticides 
Uh, also regarding you know parasites, a surfactant would help as well. Uh, a surfactant is like something like a soapy type of agent that will help to break down pesticide bonds and chemtrail bonds and chemical bonds and whatever is on there. Um, <clears throat> hydrogen peroxide, a little bit of that can be used as well. Or I'm sorry, baking soda. Baking soda can also be used uh, to help get rid of pesticides as well. Um, vinegar is another one that can be uh, used, but that can impart a vinegar-like taste. Uh, the one of the main, <coughs> the main one I use is the Calben Pure Soap. It's like a coconut soap. It doesn't have any bad ingredients. You can literally ingest it. Now, I'm not advising you do that, but it's very, very safe. And <clears throat> I ordered the uh, the Dish Glow, and I give you a link here, calbenpuresoap.com Dish Glow. I'm not, they're not like a sponsor or anything. I don't have any sponsors really. But, um, and that is one I use. I have those little foamers, those little <clears throat> soaps. You put, you'd put like <clears throat> maybe one quarter soap in the bottom and you fill the rest up with like, I like to use like a purified water in the soapy, the little soapy foamer things. You can buy them online. You can buy them like in bulk on eBay or whatever. And the soap goes a lot further. It's already comes out on a foamy form. So you're, it's, it goes a lot further and it's great to use on produce. And I mean, I use this on strawberries, on any kind of produce. And as long as you're washing it enough, it's not going to impart a soapy taste. It will not. I've never had to do that. Whereas vinegar, <laughs> that can, that, that, and, and I even think baking soda can, you know, possibly, it can be harder to actually get off. Uh, I'm not saying that's the be all end all. I'm sure there's way more things you can do regarding that, but <clears throat> it's, it's a good first line of defense. Now, going further than that, and this doesn't just apply to these brainworms, this just applies to parasites in general that can be on, you know, unwashed produce it can be in undercooked meat um <clears throat> undercooked pork is really bad it can be in uh fish particularly man sushi you gotta be super careful with this stuff if you're eating anything like that i would highly advise that you take something like some type of acid more uh, acid-based digestive enzyme standard process uses zypan the one i carry now from biotics is called hydrozyme um, I don't do it with every meal, but <clears throat> if, if it would be like a, a meal that's really high in, um, well, really high in protein, um, you have to have an acidic gut in order to digest protein, calcium, iron, magnesium, zinc, and also to digest the parasites on things like a salad that, you know, so you don't think of that in terms of taking digestive enzymes like, like let's say you go out and you get a salad somewhere. Uh, it's not going to take away the pesticides. It's not going to take away the chemtrails. It's not going to take away the parasites, but it will help digest the parasites so that they don't get into your small intestine undigested. That's what we're going to discuss next. This is an excerpt from my newsletter on parasites and blood sugar. <clears throat> and we read, as you might have noticed prior or current, because there's a little... I don't know, it's like 20 or 30 questions in this little newsletter I have that basically determine if you probably have parasites or if you don't. Do you have the signs and symptoms of it? And one of the main things that was asked was, are you on prior or current antacid use? Like Tums, Rolaids, or whatever. Okay. Antacid, meaning it's 
it's um, producing an alkaline gut is what that means. It's 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 negating the acid in your stomach, which um, we'll find is not good. If you have prior or current in acid use, that was at the top of the list in red in regard to potential the potential for parasite infestation. I did this because this is the biggest tip-off for potential parasite infestation. Here's why. Normally, our stomach is designed to run at a pH of 2 to 3, which is very acid. The pH is essentially is essential for proper digestion of protein, calcium, iron, zinc, etc. When taking an, 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 an antacid, we radically alter the pH of our stomach toward the alkaline side. Let's take a look from Guyton's Physiology, which is considered the gold standard for human physiology, 7th edition, page 790, we read, quote, Pepsin, the most important peptic enzyme in the stomach, is most active at a pH of 2 to 3, which is extremely acid, and is completely inactive at a pH above 5. And now an antacid can easily raise the stomach pH to 6 or higher. So you're inactivating like your most important stomach enzyme, pepsin, and you're also creating an environment that the parasites cannot be digested because what you want the parasites to do is pass through a very acid gut stomach um, system and then they will be killed, as, as we'll see. Consequently, for this enzyme pepsin to cause any digestion of protein, the stomach juices must be acidic. Now, do they tell you this when, when you get Rolaids or Tums or all whatever antacids are out there? No, they don't tell you any of that. They don't tell you the incredible potential harm that you are doing and are progressively doing to yourself by taking those things. I mean, if you're not digesting calcium, um, do you think that might affect bone health? There's a lot of things. I mean, calcium is the most prevalent mineral in the body. It is the most important mineral in the body. If you took all other minerals in the body and added them together, it would not equal the amount of calcium in the system. So evidently, God thought calcium was really, really important in our body. And if you have a alkaline gut, you're not digesting calcium. So that could lead to so many things like uh, osteoporosis, osteopenia, I mean, Calcium is, is a major part of, um, of our immune defense systems. I've got into that before in previous teachings. I mean, so many things that it does. Um, <clears throat> so, Guyton also warns of pernicious anemia from a stomach chronically low in HCL. Now, you might be wondering, how does this all relate to parasites? Well, you might have noticed that I underlined the word protein two times above. All parasites have a protein-based shell or exoskeleton. Okay, just like bugs that they want us to eat. The protein base, like in most bugs, is chitin. And it is really an indigestible protein. It's carcinogenic. And this is a big reason they want us to eat bugs is because the chitin is indigestible. It's toxic and it's carcinogenic, meaning it causes cancer. This is a big reason they're trying to put bugs and everything. And we're going to if I can get to it, we're going to talk about that. It's either next or the next report after this one. Uh, a whole section on how they're putting, they're hiding bugs in the food. So, um, okay, so I just looked it up in my um, my website. 
and the, the teaching I did, and I reposted it here on um, uh, May 1st, 2023, okay, so last year, I have a section about bugs in there in, in Chaitin, okay, and I'll just, I'll read that to you. Exposed, globalists want everyone eating crickets because their exoskeletons contain Chaitin that parasites and pathogens use for protection. When infecting humans and animals, eating um, when infecting humans and animals, eating locusts, crickets, ants, beetles, worms, bees, wasps, caterpillars, grubs, and slugs could fuel the next death wave of humans, which is just what the globalists want. Now, this heavily relates to eating the bugs thing that we're going to be talking about, and um, so I have a whole little section there on. It's not the only thing I talked about in this part, but it, it's like about halfway through, and I, and I. I gave you the link to that. Or you could just key in Chitin, C-H-I-T-I-N, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Anyway, back to the this report. You see, parasites are everywhere in the food supply. All forms of vegetables and fruits, if raw, can potentially be loaded with parasites, just to mention a few. But don't panic. If your hydrochloric acid or your HCL production is working properly, you will have a pH of 2 to 3 in your stomach. But unfortunately, that's not the case for a lot of people. When you ingest parasites in this environment, the parasites take an acid bath and are destroyed. But if you create an alkaline stomach by taking an acids, uh, by taking an acids, watch out. <clears throat> because you have just eliminated the body's first and main line of defense about parasites, against parasites, I'm sorry. Once the parasites reach the du duodenum, they are home free as the duodenum is alkaline. It's not acid anymore. So you see, this is the way God designed it to be so that parasites would be taken care of before they entered the duodenum. Do you understand them by taking antacids, Rolates, Toms, and whatever, or prescriptions? You're literally, it's like you're trying to go around something that, uh, a, a protective thing that God put in you so that you could digest protein, so that you could digest those those trace minerals and those macro minerals like calcium so that parasites would be digested without that protective system you're totally wide open and you're not going to digest those th those other things properly so you know protein is going to tend to maybe putrefy in the gut as well um, it can create a lot of problems all right so let's go further here so, after leaving the duodenum, they enter the intestinal tract, which is neither strongly alkaline or acid. This is fine with the parasites because now they can set up shop and do what they do best, live off you. In this particular case, these are intestinal parasites. If you take in acids, uh, you've just provided them a free ride in a nice, cozy, warm home. So, what's next? Well, once the parasites set up shop in the intestinal tract, the pancreas starts to perceive the parasites as a foreign protein. So the pancreas will then start working overtime to produce various enzymes in an attempt to break down the perceived foreign protein in the gut, which is nothing more than the parasites. As I said before, this was not this was not the way God intended the process to work. The pancreas was designed to do its job as parasites should ideally be destroyed by the hydrochloric acid in the stomach. So as a result, the pancreas will work night and day to try to break down the parasites in the intestinal tract but this seldom works, and as a result, over time, the pancreas becomes overworked. It's like whipping a tired horse. Now the pancreas is the only organ in the body that is considered both an exocrine 
and an endocrine gland. An exocrine gland is a gland with a duct. An endocrine gland is a ductless gland. Okay, it's the only gland in the body that's considered both exocrine and endocrine at the same time. The part of the pancreas that secretes alkaline digestive enzymes into the duodenum is the exocrine portion because that side of the pancreas has a duct. While the other side of the pancreas is considered to be the endocrine side and produces the hormones insulin and glucagon. Well, if the exocrine side of the pancreas is overworked and exhausted due to parasite infestation, it's only a matter of time before that starts to negatively affect the endocrine side, which is now responsible for blood sugar regulation through insulin and glucagon. So how many people are insulin dependent now because they're loaded with parasites? Have you ever heard this information that I'm telling you? And this isn't, this isn't rocket science, guys. It's just that we're not taught this. I, I learned this through studying clinical nutrition. I didn't learn this any of, I learned this on my own what I'm telling you. I learned it through studying the standard process product line. Royal Lee, the guy that invented the product line, from what I can recall. A lot of these newsletters that I wrote back in the day were based on this type of research. It's it's not like this is radical or anything. This is just cause and effect. This is just what happens. But you will never hear what I just told you from an MD unless they're educated in this and I mean, they're not, they're not going to be taught this in medical school. They're, they're typically not taught any of this type of stuff. A, a standard MD. Um, so this is how parasite infestation, blood sugar problems, and diabetes can be intimately connected. And you could take all the blood sugar stuff in the world, like even natural blood sugar protocols like I've got, which are great, but if the cause of it is parasite infestation it's only like you're, you're kind of like putting a band-aid on the situation you, you got to treat the cause and then the other may go away now a lot of the time obviously the the uh insulin and that type of stuff is because people um, the massive overconsumption of carbohydrates and sugary carbohydrates and soft drinks and that type of stuff that's going to spike the blood sugar exhaust exhaust the um pancreas and what if you had what if you were doing both what, what if you were doing like both where you were massively over consuming carbs, you know, the standard person, like you go to the grocery store and they're just loaded up with two liter soft drinks. They're just totally exhausting the endocrine side of the pancreas, the side that secretes glucagon and insulin. And then at the same time, they're taking their antacids because they got an upset tummy. And then they, they're just allowing the parasites free pass, free, free, get out of jail, free card. There you go. Come on through. Come on. Come on. We love you little guys. We know you'll treat us right. And they're living off, a lot of people, that's the case. They got both things going on. And they wonder why they're having to take copious amounts of insulin shots and then uh, glucophage and whatever else they're doing. All right, I just want caveat here too. Okay, so regarding all that, and that's not in this newsletter. As we age, we tend to produce lower hydrochloric acid. And... That depends on the person, that depends on the gender, and that depends on your blood type. There is a, There was a book, It's. I believe the book is, is valid in many ways. It's called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. Um, and it told you, regarding your blood type, what was the best diet for you to eat. I think there was a lot of wisdom in that book. That probably came out in like the 90s. 
And one of the things they mention is that women, and I, I don't know if they mention it in the book, I know they mention it regarding blood types, but women in general tend to have less hydrochloric acid production. Um, now, from the standpoint of hydrochloric acid production is essential for breaking down protein, a protein is essential for building muscle. I can understand why God would have designed females that way because muscle is more of a factor with a man, especially if they're going to do like a, a laborious job or, or you know, just for strength, okay? Um, men obviously tend to carry more muscle around. So from that standpoint, I can understand why men would tend to have higher hydrochloric acid. Now, again, though, if you're taking antacids, you're just negating that whole cycle. And I've just described to you what you're setting yourself up for. Um, blood types also are a major impactor on that. Type O blood is, they typically have better optimal hydrochloric acid production overall. I think the second best is type B, and then you get into like AB. And um, those are like the lower, or and then type A. I think A is like the worst. So if you were a woman with like type A blood, you might, and here's what might happen. Women that say, that tend to say, oh, I don't like red meat. I don't like hardly meat at all. Women that really tend toward vegetarianism. It may be because they don't have enough hydrochloric acid to even digest meat. And their body is instinctively steering them away from something that they may need. Okay, because you, you, you have an innate intelligence in your body. And if your body knows it can't handle something, or maybe you get sick. When, when, if you try to eat meat. Now, granted, there could be aller, allergic reactions involved, and that's, that's a whole other separate issue, okay, with that kind of thing. But I'm just throwing stuff out here for people to think about, okay? Um, I know I'm B positive, my blood, and I know I've got really good hydrochloric. I, I just generally don't have stomach issues, and I just really never have, and... I mean, even if I take hydrazyme, if I take it too much, I'll start to actually get like, like I have too much acid. And so, um, I have to be careful with taking hydrazyme because I think my acid's pretty good, pretty, pretty good based on that. When I back off it, I, I don't have like any kind of acidic reactions. So that's another thing. You may have great hydrochloric acid and it may not be an issue and hopefully it isn't. But as we age, we tend to not produce as much either. So there's a lot of factors. Males tend to produce more. As we age, we all tend to produce less. Blood type can have an effect on that. And this all can relate heavily to how you digest protein, um, calcium, zinc, iron. Iron's a big one for women. Okay, if they don't have enough hydrochloric acid, they get anemic. Okay, got to have a, a, an acidic gut to digest iron. Okay, um, blood type factor. So there's a lot of stuff. Now, also, you could also say, okay, and then I got another email newsletter on indigestion, GERD, that kind of stuff. That relates to the subject as well because you can have somebody that needs good hydrochloric acid. Like, let's say good hydrochloric acid enzyme to be taken with meals, but their stomach lining is so thin they can't handle it. So what do you do in that case? Well, you have to rebuild the stomach lining. And you do that with, and especially if it's really thin, you do that with things like chlorophyll. Um, standard process makes one called okra pepsin. is a really good one to rebuild. The chlorophyll is. Uh, in that case, you would want to stay away 
from things like hydrozyme or zypan, hydrochloric acid. There are digestive enzymes out there that you can get. I've, I've got them in my line that are non-acidic, but they're still a high, they're still a broad-based digestive enzyme. So it it gets tricky, and you know I can't be anybody's doctor. I'm 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 I haven't been able to do that for oh my word, fourteen years, probably about. But what I can do is try to throw out information and. It's not that I won't try to help people if they email me, but generally about all I can do is maybe give them a newsletter I've got, which a lot of times will explain it in detail. And they're going to have to kind of like do their own research beyond that. And if they want to order the products from me, great. If they don't, if they want to get them elsewhere, do as the Lord leads you, that type of thing. I mean, when you do order from us, it does help support the ministry and everything. But um, I'm taking all my wisdom that I've been accumulating over the last 30, 35 plus years, especially when it comes to clinical nutrition. And I try to put them into these newsletters or any of these documents, and then I just give it away for free. Um, freely if I receive, freely I get. Well, I didn't really freely receive because it, you know, I was probably 60 grand in debt just graduating chiropractic college. <laughs> the most of the nutritional stuff I did through seminars, I did through my own studying. I didn't learn a ton about that in, in chiropractic college. Um, I did that all separately, a little bit during, but mostly after I, I studied intently. Um, I did that for years. I just drive around with these cassettes from like Royal Lee playing in my car. <laughs> Some of the stuff was like from the 1940s and 50s, but there was a lot, there's a lot of wisdom uh, with that. So it is a complex subject. And, you know, like for, with somebody with like a lot of stomach issues. Okay, do they have have a hiatal hernia? If so, get the mid-back adjusted. Because the nerve innervation that goes to the stomach, you want to make sure that's cleared out. That's a chiropractic issue. Okay, there's a lot of, of there's some practitioners that actually adjust the hiatal hernias. You can go up on YouTube and in and, key and self-adjusting hiatal hernia. I mean, be careful, do your research, but some people actually do it themselves or they'll have their spouse do it or something like that where you actually are pulling the stomach down. I've had it done to me. I've done it to a lot of people. I had a I had a, um, a, uh, a client a long time ago. He was scheduled for hiatal hernia surgery where they were going to put in the mesh right above the diaphragm because the hiatal hernia was jamming up. It was so irritated. It was jamming up in, into uh, his, uh, what they call cardiac sphincter, through the diaphragm. And I worked on his hiatal hernia, I think two different times. I pulled it down. You hear, you hear all these sounds where the stomach's moving, didn't hurt. I worked on that thing for probably 10 or 15 minutes. He, he canceled the surgery. And as far as I knew, he never had to have it. But sometimes doing that, sometimes getting the mid-back adjusted, sometimes it's, it's also adding in the nutrients that are going to keep the stomach rebuilt and calm down and where it's not going to be spasming and in and in this type of thing and in an all kind of distress you're rebuilding it and it can be done but it does take time it's not like you take a rollades and the the um your stomach feels better in order to rebuild something in the body if it took you a lifetime to get to where you're at you got to give it months to correct because room was not built in a day so these are all concepts I tried to get across to my patients when I was in practice. Again, I can't do all this now. I can't do the consulting, can't do it. Just, there's no way. I am, I, 
it seems like every week that goes by, I have less and less and less amount of time. But what this platform provides me with is a way to reach thousands and thousands of people and try to get them on the right path, try to provide them the information, and then hopefully they're going to do their own research and then start moving in the right direction, okay? Um, and this is just one little thing we're talking about that I think is foundational because really when you're talking about gut health, you, uh, you've heard me talk a lot about liver, gallbladder. That's integrally related with this because the, the bile duct dumps into the stomach and the bile duct from the gallbladder, or I'm sorry, the you know, the bile duct through the gallbladder, you know, gallbladder secretes bile into the stomach and that's all that all relates to this now that has to do with fat digestion so if that system is not functioning properly right off the bat that is foundational to the rest of the body because what you're putting into the body you are what you eat and if it's not being digested properly in the upper gi then it's going to either putrefy go rancid not be processed right, not be absorbed right once it gets into the intestinal tract. And then that's going to create all kinds of problems in the intestines. I think a good uh, refrigerated flora also will always help the system. A good one-month liver gallbladder detox is essential. It's like if you had your car, can you imagine never getting an oil lube and filter ever? Well, a lot of people are in desperate need of a liver gallbladder flush and they don't ever get one, ever. And it's like driving your car around without ever getting an oil change, essentially. Um, that's a whole other subject I've covered many, many times. But that heavily relates to this subject because it's all, everything's related in the body. The systems are all dependent upon one another to do their job. So going back to this report, it says not to say that every case of blood sugar problems in diabetes is a parasite case, but if you score high on the survey... Um, that I have, it becomes very probable. Now, with that being said, what do we do about parasite infestation? Um, I, I give you my protocol here for what I do. I always have used a two two prong approach with parasites. Well, actually, I, I'm really using a three prong now. I do one called bromelain plus CLA, which is your enzymatic uh, portion you take apart from food and that is going to go in there and start digesting the parasites their exoskeleton their protein-based exoskeleton and then i also do an herbal with it called dysbiocide and this is all in the pdf for this date and the herbal is an actual herbal um uh parasite eradication program so you're kind of hitting it from two different angles and optional, there's another product I've been using. It's called ADP. This is like a, it's, it's an oregano capsule. Um, and it's also highly effective at eradicating candida and yeast out of the system and boosting one's immune system. And it also has a really positive effect on getting rid of parasites. So I like to do all three if, if the person can afford it. Um, you recommend you do two 20-day cycles of these with one week off in between. And that's because of the way the parasite eggs and all that stuff, the way they hatch and you take a week off and then you hit it again. Anyway, the directions are here if you want to do that. And then the one of the um, floras that I carry, innate res response flora, that's also good to do along with this because it's just, you're, you're really just, but again, if you just did this and you never did a liver gallbladder flush, you really want to do that too. I mean, whether you do it through me or whether you do it on your own, 
I'm giving you solid, good advice that will only help you. Now, you do a liver gallbladder flush, probably not going to feel that great. You're going to be detoxing. You're going to have a Herxheimer effect. You're going to, you know, so bear that in mind. Um, you know, even a parasite flush, it, it, normally people don't react though off a parasite cleanse like they would off a liver gallbladder. Because a parasite cleanse, you're just really getting rid of parasites. It's not a deep toxicity issue that you're dealing with there. Um, it's a different kind of thing. And then I also talk about the hydrozyme here. I, I give you the links to that. So, um, I, you know, I guess what I'll do is I'll repost the first part of this newsletter. And so you have that, that, that survey if you want to take it. I'll, po I'll post it in here so that way you don't have to email them email me about it and then that way you'll have that as well so i'll just kind of include this whole newsletter in in here and and um, that way it's like one stop shopping for you i'm going to do that right now okay so here's what i did i just uh i posted also my diabetes supplement protocol the little protocol i have for that within the supplements for the um for the parasite uh cleanse and how to take it and then I also posted the other part of the newsletter I didn't have in here, which gives you the, um, there's, let's see here. There is Parasite Questionnaire. Um, there's 30 questions, that 31, it's just yes or no. And then there's a blood sugar handling questionnaire, yes or no. There's like 14 questions there. And then there's a carbohydrates intolerance insulin resistance questionnaire yes or no and then it says it's time to evaluate your findings in a nutshell if you answer positively to 25 to 50 percent of any one section there's a moderate to strong likelihood you need help if you answered over 50 percent it's almost given that the sp specific measures need to be taken and again the specific measures are what i just or what i just covered okay i'm not going to get in all the questions but it's there and you can print it out and again whether you decide to whatever whatever route you you go through I'm just glad you got the information in your hands. And um, let me see here. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I re I just posted that in there in that, man, this is gonna be a large PDF for this date. I don't know how far I'm gonna get, but <laughs> this thing is gonna be huge. But again, this this can be really life-changing information that um, that I'm giving you here. Now, along the same lines, let me just see if I can, yeah. Um, there's this, they're feeding your children insects without telling you know how to read the labels. Now this, again, I believe this can also be a huge potential way where they could be, um, parasites could be in these products. Uh, here's a label for, hmm, not 100% what it's sure it's it's some child's food or whatever and like the first ingredient is peanuts sugar milk powder cocoa and then it, it has all these different and then there's all these codes e322 glazing ingredients e414 e904 milk chocolate and then it just goes on and on and on. Um, if you're feeding your kids 
anything conventional, there are two ingredients to look out for. E, I mean, you really shouldn't be eating these anyway, but E120, the code E120 and E904 are additives found in many food products which are obtained from insects. They are currently more than 100 products containing these additives. Most of them are products intended for children. European authorities in the field of food safety have devoted many scientific works to the examination of these additives and have affirmed their impact on various health aspects, which include hyperactivity in children, allergies, allergic reactions, asthma, genotoxicity. This isn't even talking about the vaccines and all the side effects they could have. And then all the side effects that the medications have that they put children on now. And we're not even talking about that. Warning to parents. They're feeding your children insects. They're not telling you. Um, they're, um, this is from a Twitter thing. Yeah, so it's E120 and E904. Again, this is all in the PDF for this date. Now, E904 is a food additive that goes by the name of shellac or confectioner's glaze. It is a food made from some cre from secretions of the female lac beetle and is used as a coating on confectionery, fruit, and pharmaceutical pills to provide a glossy finish. It is also used as a coating on some fruits and vegetables to help extend their shelf life. So it's made from the female lac beetle, whatever that is. E120 also known as carmine or coninchial, is a red dye derived from the dried bodies of female coquinal insects. Yummy. Where do I sign up? And they're putting this, but what they're doing is they're making these codes and hoping you never check what they mean. And they're using a lot of this, particularly in um, children's food. Here's a whole report on it. E, E120 and E904 unveiled insects and kids snacks. And then another one, demystified, insect-derived food additives. E120 and E904, those are the two main ones, evidently. Um, E120 and E904, once concealed by complex codes, are now in the spotlight. Cochineal, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering that word, is a, with its insect origin, brings a vibrant red tint to a variety of food products. While shellac, derived from the lac, female lac beetle, um, insects secretions, oh yum, serves as a glazing agent. Again, this is totally satanic. They're doing this by design on purpose. Because evidently it's very important for Satan for us to eat gross, defiled, evil, wicked food like this. Or they wouldn't be making so much effort to try to make this all happen. These additives, despite their unconventional beginnings, are now prevalent in the food industry. Ubiquitous presence over a 100 products and growing. The infiltration of E120 and E904 in the food market is extensive at this point, with more than 100 products featuring these insect-derived additives. Alarming, however, is their uh, prevalence in children's products, raising questions about potential health impacts on this vulnerable demographic. Um, we've already talked about the what they cause, hyperactivity, allergies and allergic reactions, asthma, uh, genotoxicity. Genotoxicity is a, a critical evaluation of potential genetic damage. I mean, that's been a focal point in the research on E120 and E904. Um, notable products that they're in. 
They, they're hidden in red candies, um, vibrant hues and red candies, including gummies, hard candies, and chalk, coated chocolates, fruit juices, and beverages. Now, I think if you're buying, like, obviously not with candy because it's hard to get organic candy. Okay, you can get it, but, I mean, a lot of these things, if you're buying organic, I think you're going to avert a lot of this, hopefully. But anyway, fruit juices and beverages. Some fruit juices, especially those with red or pink colors, may contain uh, the coquinol for color enhancement. Yogurts and desserts. Ice cream and frozen treats. Fruit preparations. Bakery items. Some pink or red colored bakery items like cakes and pastries may use coquinol as a food coloring agent. And then with the shellac, the E904, because those were all for the the E120, yeah, E120 coquinol. With the E904, it's seen in confectionery glazes, um, including chocolates, candies, coated nuts, shiny coatings on fruits, uh, sprinkles and decoration, decorations, uh, declarations, yeah, no, decorations, some cake decorations, especially those with a shiny appearance may contain the old shellac, female lac beetle secretions. Yummy, again, where do I sign up? And then pharmaceutical coating, shellac is used in the pharmaceutical industry as a coating for pills and tablets. I'm sure all by design just to add to the whole pharmacia evil wicked aspect. Cheese coatings and certain cheese varieties, shellac may be used as a protective coating to maintain freshness. And then food grade waxed coatings, shellac employed in food grade waxed coatings on certain fruits to prolong shelf life. It's important to note that the use of these additives can vary by region and food manufacturers may change formulations over time. Always check product labels for the most accurate, up-to-date information on additives. Yeah, because they're they're slipping these things in all the time. If you have specific dietary concerns or preferences, consider reaching out to manufacturers for detailed information. Okay, switching gears again. These are just different action alerts, okay, that you can take. They're easy. They're, I mean especially if you have like a form like RoboForm or one of those that fills in the forms, all the the things for you. Um, I recommend RoboForm. I like that one. Um, and your your information secured and it's, man, it, does, it can save you a ton of time on filling out forms online. The first one is stand against totalitarian medicine. The wheels are in motion for the World Health Organization who we just were talking about, how they want to basically take over the world with whatever scamdemic and impose their jack boot, black um, boot across your throat and force you to do whatever they want to do. Well, they also are attempting a power grab over healthcare decision-making uh, featuring future pandemics, which it claims it has the right to define. We must not act now before lawmakers in Washington sign over our rights to these unelected bureaucrats. Okay, that is an actual action thing you can take against what we just talked about today. Okay. I give you the link right here. It's stand against totalitarian medicine. And there's an action alert thing in there. There's a little form. And once you fill out the form once, if there's other, like these are all from the same company, the, the same group, then it just automatically populates your name in there. Like you could do all three of these that I'm going to go over. And um, then another one, the FDA closes in on your supplements. Now this has been 30, 40, probably years in the making. They've been trying to get to a point where they're going to take away all the supplements. They'll all be prescription. And what you'll be able to get is just horrible versions that will be extremely low potency. 
Um, the agency recently made a big announcement about a regulation that could eliminate 41,700 products. So you basically bye-bye health food stores, bye-bye bye bye me selling supplements, bye-bye going to your your you know your alternative doctor or whatever to try to get professional line supplements. They'll probably all be banned, or most of them. That could eliminate 41,700 products from the market. We need to keep the pressure on to protect access. There's an action alert for that. Okay. And then there's another one. You won't believe what the feds just said about cell phone radiation. Because the, the, they have action alerts on all things about the health, relating to health. An updated fact sheet from the National Toxicity Program, or NTP, contains more fiction than fact. And bids to turn a blind eye to growing national and international concern over Wi-Fi and cell phone cancer risks. NTP recently announced it has no further plans to study the health effects of radiation, radi radio frequency radiation. So they don't care. We're not going to study this anymore. 5G is good for you. It's wonderful. Consume as much of it as you can. And then we're going to give you 6G. And that's going to be even better for you. So get a heaping helping, irradiate yourself as much as possible. We're not even going to examine it anymore because it's Satan's agenda. And we love Satan, so we're not going to look at it, obviously. That's basically what they're saying. NTP's own study found that um, radi radio frequency radiation, or RFR, is linked with cancer. And our exposure to this radiation has increased dramatically since... The NTP finished its study in 2018, and that was only based on 2G and 3G technology. And now we've got 4G, 5G, and soon to be 6. Well, I don't know how soon 6, but yeah, they're going to bring that in too. The federal government is playing fast and loose with our health by allowing the widespread rollout of 5G technology that will bathe our communities in ever-increasing amounts of radiation. So there's an action alert for that too. And so, again, prayer proactive steps, action, educating others. I think it's all good, you know, regarding these things. Um, another one regarding NAC, which is a big one that I've talked a lot about with the COVID thing, with getting out the graphene oxide of our body and um, just super good for liver detoxification. Uh, N-acetylcysteine is NAC. Will NAC supplements be going away soon and why? Now, I have covered this before, but I thought I should add this in again. As we just reported, it's one of the main ways to get graphene oxide, which is the main contaminant in the kill shots, the test kits, and the masks. It's one of the main ways to get it out of our body. So, um, oh, and I've got, I've got the 240 count of the Pure Encapsulations NAC back in stock. I didn't have it for a while. I've got that. It's, it's a much better value to buy the larger one. But for those interested, I've got the 120 count and the uh, the 240. And, you know, I, I, I apologize. I mean, my supplements are going up all the time because they keep making these price changes. But my, my prices are actually, when I compare, like, the NAC to the ones on Amazon, my, I'm substantially lower, typically, at least three or four bucks a bottle, typically. Uh, N-acetylcysteine is an amino acid that is useful to make glutathione in your body. Glutathione is a potent liver antioxidant. Cysteine is a natural compound, and N-acetylcysteine is, or NAC, is a dietary supplement. That's how you can find it in health food stores, as NAC, but you won't find it for long. Well, they're saying that. So if you want NAC, you should buy it now. It's virtually, uh, you can get it on Amazon. I think at the time of the writing, you couldn't get it. 
so I'll take that part out. But again, this is one of the supplements they would be going after. I mean, definitely. If they're going after 41,700, this is one of them. Uh, there is a dis disagreement between the Food and Drug Administration and the dietary supplement industry over how legal it is for dietary supplements to put this amino acid into their supplement. The NAC is also available by prescription. That's the that's the way they the only way they want you to be able to get it is by prescription. Uh, it is forcing Amazon and other selling platforms to take sides on the issue. NAC has many health benefits. Um, it's actually used as an antidote for acetaminophen poisoning, probably because acetaminophen probably damages the liver so much. Uh, when people overdose on acetaminophen, it's the main uh, thing they would prescribe you in the form of they use it and they put it in a drug form so it's probably not good but it's called mycomist it's used in the emergency room in hospitals nationwide NAC is actually used that way for acetaminophen overdose the prescription version will continue to remain available i am only referring to the supplements that will get banned of course and the prescription version probably has all kind of other garbage in it because they usually corrupt it with all kind of other garbage as a popular health food store item, NAC has sold quite well for many reasons. It's useful as an antioxidant, a non-prescription expectorant, uh, because it can loosen mucus in the airway passages. It makes breathing easier and more comfortable. I, I take one every night as my bedtime pillback, okay, um, along with many other things, because I, I take a ton of stuff just as a preventative, okay, but um, it's just for the liver detox and getting any made graphene oxide that i might have been exposed to it, it has to do also with covid spike shedding and things of this nature um it's super good knack sold like hot cakes last year for obvious reasons during the scamdemic knack is used for immune system health as well furthermore knack is used as a precursor nutrient for people who want to make more glutathione in their body which is useful as a liver protectant your own body makes glutathione in the liver and again, cysteine or NAC is one precursor nutrient that is essential to making glutathione. Um, potential benefits of NAC. Uh, I, I don't want to recover all this information here. Uh, it's also an anti-inflammatory. Um, it also can help regulate blood sugar. It's super good for your skin. It accelerates wound healing. It helps acne lesions to resolve faster. Okay, so NAC also may improve acne healing time by, re by reducing free radicals. NAC may help restore the skin's natural barrier and reduce skin inflammation. So, if you have somebody with acne, it may be because their liver needs detoxed. That's very common because the skin is the largest organ in the body. And if the liver is overwhelmed and it's in need of detox, a lot of times it will start spilling the toxins that it's not detoxing over into the skin. And you'll start getting rid of toxins through the skin. That's a sign a lot of times, like acne is a sign that your liver is in dire need of detox. It also could be a sign you're low in zinc. Now, I understand it could be some more complicated than that, but those are the two big ones I've found with acne. Okay. Um, so, and like I said, with NAC, with, with the whole COVID shedding and, and the graphene oxide, I do one every night before bed, just as a really good overall, covers a ton of bases, liver detox, the whole nine yards, preventative, protective thing. Um, and the one I carry now from um, the pure encapsulations, it's 900 milligrams. You really don't need more than one a day. 
Like I would advise doing it bedtime because it can put you in a detox. Taylor had just taken one and she's all loopy because um, it can put you into a detox. So generally speaking, when you're going to detox, if, if you really need it, and Taylor tends to be very sensitive to things, it can, it can like, you can, you can feel pretty loopy. Like your body's taking all this energy and it's focusing it into detoxing the body. And then you, you yourself feel very loopy and that type of thing. It can happen. That's actually a sign you hit the nail on the head. It's not a sign that you don't need it. It's a sign you're doing the exact right thing that you need. Now, I mean, allergic reaction would be one thing, but I've never heard of that with this. So, um, yeah, with detoxing, certain things that you would think were negative signs in the body are actually the exact opposite. But see, we're taught that a symptom is stupid and that your body doesn't know what it's doing. And if you have a symptom, take a drug to suppress it. You have a headache? Well, that's obviously a sign you're low in ibuprofen or acetaminophen and you just need to take more. Well, or it could mean that your neck is out of place, your upper cervical, which from a chiropractic standpoint, I, I saw over and over, adjust somebody's neck, Taylor's that way, adjust her neck, headache goes away. But what if they can't hold the adjustment? Well, then you give them manganese. Manganese is the trace mineral you really need to hold the adjustment in position. I had hundreds of patients when I was in practice that I did not see very much. Because I put them on manganese, most of them, and they held their adjustments so they need, didn't need to come see me. It's a horrible business model. But I figure I have to answer to God and I knew this information and I'm not going to not put them on manganese so I can get more money. <laughs> Never in a million years would I even think about doing that. I felt good when they started holding their adjustments and they didn't need to come see me. Um. Now, there's extenuating circumstances to that. If you have somebody that comes in and they're bone on bone and they're, and they're, it depends on age, gender, it depends on how many accidents they may have been in and, you know, it can go beyond just putting them on some manganese, you know, can get a lot more complicated. But just for the general person who can't hold their adjustments, manganese, not magnesium, manganese is, is the one you need there. Uh, anyway, I got from the tangent there. So why the FDA is attacking NAC supplements? Maybe because... This, this is one of the main ways to get graphene oxide, which highly contaminates the COVID shots, the masks, the COVID test kits, and chemtrails. It gets that out of the body. So, um, why are they talking now? I wonder if this link is still valid. I'm just looking at this. Because this is one of those... Yeah. Um, this is... Let me see. No, they took they took the... Okay. I think they took the action alert for this down, so they must have backed off. But I guarantee you, that 41,700 supplements, knack is a part of that. And the way the WHO is getting the World Health Organization, they're they're going great guns. They're trying to, you know, take it all away. Um, okay, so individuals can take NAC supplements in the morning or at night. This tells you how to take it, essentially. And um, all this information is here. It's all free. It's all in the PDF. You don't probably want to take more than two a day of the one I have, which is 900 milligrams. And you could do like one in the morning and maybe one at night. But I, again, you might want to just start with one at night and see how you do. Because if it does put you in a detox, you, it, may, it might not be good to take in the morning. Uh, because, you know, you have if you have to work. Um, 
Individuals taking blood thinners should not take NAC, okay, as it may slow clotting. I don't think that's as crucial as some things for that, but they're just saying it in here just to be on the safe side. It does have a characteristic sulfur or egg smell, okay, because it's like a sulfur-like compound. So if you pop a bottle of stuff open and it doesn't smell good, that's normal, okay? The, doesn't mean the product's gone bad, all right? The, one, the ones I carry are 4.7 stars out of 5, 786 ratings. Um, all right, and that's the one I take. So, And then there, here's all the scientific studies and references regarding NAC. It's, it's all uh, .gov, NIH studies. They're even admitting it. Uh, one listener sent me this testimonial about NAC. I don't keep all the testimonials. I just can't, but this one I did. NAC testimonial, I decided, this is a long-time listener from um, California. She said, I decided to take NAC because I suffer from horrible sinus headaches due to chemtrails and secondhand smoke from my next-door neighbors. I love that stuff. It's truly helping me to detox, and my headaches go away quickly, and I'm getting them less frequently. I'm sure it's helping me in ways I don't even know. Thank you so much for recommending it for detoxing. God bless you always. Okay, I'm just looking at my time I have left here. Oh, good. I'm good. I'm still good on time. Nice. Okay, next thing I want to really talk about. Castor oils, amazing health benefits. No drug exists that has the ability to improve lymphatic flow. However, the job can easily be handled through topical application of castor oil, said Dr. David G. Williams. In addition to increasing the flow of lymph, castor oil can increase lymphocyte production, which is a, byproduct, a component of our immune system. And lymph is one of the ways that we detox, okay? Um, it increases lymphocyte production and activity. Topical application of castor oil through massage or packs, meaning you have like a typically a flannel pack, has been shown to be effective remedy for skin keratosis, ringworm, fungal and bacterial infections, sebaceous cysts, warts, muscle strains, and spasms. And I'm telling you, it works really, really good on any kind of pain. Um, itching. Reduced inflammation and relief of pain. It can relieve chronic fluid retention, arthritis, gallbladder, or liver congestion. Well, if, yeah, if you do the, the pack over the liver, you'll hear a little bit about. And it can remove mucus from the lungs and bowels. It makes an effective deodorant and can be used around the home for tasks such as even lubricating a squeaky juicer. <laughs> Castor oil should not be used during pregnancy, though, because of the risk of miscarriage. It, it can actually have that effect. Uh, can stimulate the baby to come quicker so you wouldn't want to use it that's the only time i think you wouldn't want to use it okay is during um uh pregnancy the best the best ones meaning the best castor oils are organic hexane free extra virgin expeller pressed in an amber bottle like this one and it's called the castor oil the queen of thrones it's the highest one rated on amazon now i don't recommend you get it on amazon but I like to go up to Amazon to look at the ratings and to look at how many people have purchased it. And that by far is the, the other. There's another one up there that, but it's got like a pentagram as its symbol. And I don't like that. I don't, I don't like any bottle with a pentagram on it. And I don't really like the name of this one, Queen of the Thrones. It's kind of weird. And, but listen, you got to do it. You mean, you can't have everything just perfect. But um, anyway, I give you a link to that one. Some things I just saw this week about castor oil. Um, I've had floaters for many years. I'm doing it three weeks, maybe 
five times total, I guess, taken, taken the, um, maybe done a, uh, castor oil around the eyes. Floaters are decreasing. It's putting my dog with cataracts. Those are also decreasing. Another lady said, Mandy said, I did it and my floaters are gone. Another lady, Brittany says, I've been using it about a week and my floaters have majorly decreased and the ones are a lot smaller. Floaters. Up until when I read this, I had tried everything. This is me personally for floaters. And I would say my floaters are now a good 80% less. I'm doing the castor oil drops in the eyes. And yes, I don't care. This is me personally. I can't as a doctor tell you to put it in your eyes. Okay. I'm not. I'm telling you, me personally, you can buy castor oil eye drops on eBay. Okay. I would probably really at this point only recommend something like the Queen of Thrones one because it's the best of the best of the best in a glass bottle. All the parameters are met. Highly rated. Long standing. That's the one I would use in the eyes. If you could. Okay. Um, but they, they sell castor oil eye drops. Okay. And super good for your eyes. Another lady said, great news. My recent eye exam showed significant improvement in my vision. Using this consistently for three months, I've worked wonders. Thank God. I am, the one lady say, Renee Waters says, I am blind in my left eye and I'm doing it. I can actually start to see shadows and colors. I'm, I'm hoping that my right eye that is basically my optic nerves uh, just went dormant. I can't really, I can't see out of it. Um, but I, I, well, I can, I can, I can see shapes. I can see some light. I can see like my hand. It looks like a blur out of my right eye. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna really start doing it consistently in my eyes. And and I like I said, my floaters are already significantly better. And I have never ever been able to find anything that can help floaters. Ever. This is going back to when I lived in Florida. My mom had them, and I couldn't figure out what to do to help her. And people go and they go to like the eye doctors and they zap them out of your eyes and they come right back. No, from what I'm seeing, this is the best. Now, a lot of these people are saying, oh, no, don't put it in your eyes. Just put it around your eyes. Okay, maybe that's all you need. I'm doing kind of both, personally. Okay, so I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you that's what I do. You can buy the castor oil organic eye drops online, so it can't be too illegal, you know. But I also don't want to get banned either. And this is probably something they will ban as well. Uh, another person named Jordan says my floaters have almost gone. Another one said floaters went away in my eyes after using castor oil. Eyesight is better also. Then a lady named Megan Wilson said I was diagnosed with a corneal ulcer in November. Still have excruciating pain in the mornings. Castor oil has helped tremendously. And yes, I see better. Another lady says, uh, yes, I have had bad floaters for the past year. I just started using cold pressed castor oil last week and they're gone. Wow. Another lady, Linda Rice, says cataracts gone in three months. Cataracts. So, <laughs> that's heavy duty. I mean, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, all right, so I'm going to play a series of these videos. They're not long. And I give you some to watch if you want to watch them. And, again, you, you pray about it, make up your own mind, but... I think this stuff also for pain is unbelievable. 
I've got I've I've had multiple car accidents in the past and in heavy heavy weight training for like since I've been like 13 and you know got the injuries along the way and the whole nine yards and I've been doing this a lot lately on areas where I have where I have pain and I can tell you I've seen a dramatic improvement in everywhere where you have pain, anywhere you have a lump, anywhere where you have, and I'm, I didn't really was dealing with that, but anywhere you have any kind of like bone spur or a lump or something that's not right or some kind of skin problem, some kind of suspicious skin area, um, anywhere where you have, I mean, even sore muscles, uh, um, I've been putting it on my left knee. I got a ligament from another, another person on my left knee, okay? Cadaver transplant. I was like like 89, I got that. From the guy that did the Miami Dolphins, um, he was their surgeon. He was also the Gators surgeon, Dr. Delicato. And they told me I'd have arthritis in my left knee in like two or three years, and I'd probably never be right even though I got the surgery. And to this day, I'm good. But I have had more problems as of late with this left knee, and it's no wonder. I mean, it's, you know, they told me 30, whoa, way more than 30 years ago that, and I'm still doing good, but I started putting the castor oil on it, and then you have to cover it. I just use a neoprene brace. I'm not. I, I haven't been using flannel, and I probably should be, but I use a neoprene brace and put it on there, and I use some turpentine with it. And I know you say, "Oh, turpentine." Well, you you get organic turpentine. It's it's a ancient medicinal thing for joints as well. And um, you get like the organic kind, the, the really good stuff from like Georgia. And it's a really good combo. And I'm seeing everywhere I've been having joint issues. And I've had probably more joint issues in the last two years. And I don't know if it's, it's the, they've been ramping up the 5G and, you know, all this CERN and all these other things. I've had more health issues in the last two to three years than I can remember. But the castor oil for me is making about as big of a difference as anything I've done in the last, in that last time. And I really just started using it on my joints recently, okay? The teeth issues I was having. I'm putting it in there. I'm like oil pulling with it. And um, I'm doing it with a little bit of like the Thieves stuff, the, the essential oil blend. And that's every time I do that. It helps. And I'm, I'm really not even having any teeth issues anymore like I was before. Uh, it's so good for so many things that it's almost like a no-brainer to use. The biggest knock against it is it's really goopy. And it's it's hard to... It's just like thick and it you can, you can let it sit on your skin and man, it'll be on there for hours, you know? So it's best if you're going to use it if it's, if it's on something like like a joint or something that you're going to be rubbing up against, it's best to have it covered. And I mean with something like neoprene or some kind of rubberized thing that's going to prevent it from, from bleeding through. Uh, now, this Queen of Thrones has like this liver pack they recommend doing. And it has a, the, the back side of it, I think, prevents the castor oil from penetrating through. So it's not going to get all over everything. They've got one for your thyroid you can do. I think that can also double as an eye mask. And um, they're using it in all kind of different ways. What I'm afraid is they're going to ban this stuff. Because it's 
so incredible that, and I don't sell it. I don't carry the stuff. Okay, guys, I don't carry any of this. I don't even have access to it. I kind of wish I did, but I, I don't have access to anything in my product line about this. But um, I think people are really finding out about this right now. And this is one of those things that God put here that has tremendous healing properties. I mean, one lady put out a video and she, she says, I'm not religion, but the name of the video was Proof of God. She was that impressed with the video. She said, this is Proof of God. And and hey, God put these things here for our um, our benefits and our use. It's, it's, but it's a matter of finding them out and implementing them and doing that. Okay, so I'm going to play, this is actually the video, Proof of God, but I'm only going to play about a minute some of this one and um, go to the next one. Proof of God, that is the best way I can describe what castor oil is. I'm not a religious person, but the more I learn about castor oil, the more I'm like, there is something, something here. This one oil is so beneficial has such a circulation dry skin acne scars sleeping problems like insomnia rheumatism pms gallbladder pain chronic headaches of uses uh, they're saying they're listening for parasites muscle aches constipation back aches arthritis you put this stuff on a backache i'm telling you i've had a lot of those issues in like the last couple years and it's feeling better now than i can even remember it I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I've only been really putting it on my back for a matter of days at this point. I wish I would have known this when I was in my 20s, you know. Uh, arthritis, abdominal disorders. You, you, man, you just about name it. You could if, if you got pain, if you've got an issue somewhere, you put this stuff on there, you goop it on, and then you, you cover it with some type of thing that has a backing where it's not going to leak through. And you tell me if that doesn't help. You do that at least a few nights. And see if it doesn't help. And it probably is going to help. It's been used for thousands. Yeah, castor oil has been found in ancient Egyptian tombs dating back to 4000 BC. It is native to the Ethiopian region of the trop tropical East Africa. Evidence of its cultivation was discovered circa 500 BC in central Egypt, where it was used in cosmetics, medicines, and as a lamp oil. And it has this level of intelligence where it can treat everything from bone spurs yeah. to scar tissue. Right. It's like it has this knowing yeah. of how it's needed. Well, it's almost like the innate intelligence of your body is, is sucking this in and it's working with the castor oil in order to stimulate whatever repair neck mechanisms are needed. Okay. That in some way it's, it's working in this way. Castor oil being reintroduced into my life has been a type of proof of God in its own right. And you'll see what I mean within this video. I don't think we truly understand the extent that castor oil can be used. And in this video, I'm going to share with you some of the other things I think are just generally missing in the information we have on castor oil that I've rounded up. One being the history of castor oil, which is really fascinating. You'll see what I mean by that. The benefits of castor oil and how it can be used. That way you can see how you can apply it in your life if you choose to. How castor oil actually works. This is really important because it gives you a better understanding. Oh, she's actually drinking it, which again, I, I oh, I've been doing that too. Forgot to mention that. I have these little they're not they're like syringes but i just use it to pull things up 
and I do, I have these little things in the bottles, and I just do five milliliters, usually about once a day. Now, here's the thing, castor oil. <laughs> if you do too much, you will get, um, uh, it'll clean you out. Okay. Most of you won't remember this, but like I can remember as a little kid growing up, watching the little rascals and the little sitcom with the the kids, the little the little rascals, black and white. And you know, they'd always show like the kids when it was kind of time to get their medicine, a big old, big old spoonful of castor oil, and they would they would and they would make all these faces and oh it's horrible. But this was a staple of things for self help remedies going back i don't know how long they knew this stuff was was good and um i'm doing about a teaspoon a day which is five milliliters uh sometimes i'm doing 10 but i split the dose because if i do it all at once it's you you really which probably isn't a bad thing i mean it's cleaning you out i mean <laughs> if you've got constipation which i don't typically deal with but It'll go bye-bye real quick, but you got to be careful with it in that regard. Um, so I'm doing it both externally and internally. And, you know, the, the women are saying it's like Botox in a bottle. That's that's what they're, they're a lot of them, they're doing it for beauty reasons. They're do, they're It's increasing their, their lashes, their eyebrows, um, their hair thickness. The thing is, is it's a real pain though to use it because it's so goopy and it stays on, okay? Um, but that's just the cosmetic stuff. What it's, the other stuff, which is like what it's doing to you internally, what it's doing to you um, from a uh, helping injuries and pains and dissolving bones for it and only God knows what else. I mean, I don't even know. But it's, it is. It's like it has this innate intelligence where it knows what to do. Of just how magical this is. And then I'm going to share with you how I use it. And I am just really excited to see. Okay, so I'm going to cut. This goes to the 17-minute mark, and I don't have time to cover it all. If you watch the rest of this video, she is she gets into some new agey stuff, okay? Because Edgar Casey was the one that said, oh, do the castor oil packs, okay? okay. Edgar Casey's a devil. A false False new age kind of prophet. But just because he said this is something that we should be doing doesn't make this evil. This is a product that God put here. Edgar Casey did not make castor oil. He is not the one that invented the castor, you know, castor seeds. Okay. He's not. So she gets some into that. And I don't, I don't even want to go into that part of it. But she, she, it, it's a good video overall. Bear in mind that. You know, she's not a Christian, and she even says that at the start. You heard her. I'm not a religious person, but um, it is a good video overall. Okay, I'm going to play another video, another short video, because I'm trying to give, get you the, like, the, I don't know, like, the cliff note version of, okay, let's get through as much information as we can possibly get you through. So a lot of people have been coming into the stores lately asking about castor oil, looking for it. There are so many applications to castor oil, but first, why does castor oil work so well for the body? 
Well, castor oil contains a fatty acid called ricinoleic acid. Now, ricinoleic acid can do a couple things for us. It can stimulate our lymphatic flow, helping with detoxing applications, and it can also help the body make nitric oxide. And what does that mean? It's gonna help dilate those blood vessels and draw circulation to the area. Now, anytime you feed any structure or organ in the body more circulation, what happens? It works better, it functions better, and in turn, we feel better. So that is why you see it being used for so many applications, whether that's internal or topically. So a couple different reasons to use it topically. Some of us like to kind of use it along the edge of our eyelash area to kind of make our eyelashes grow fuller and thicker. Um, we also use it for wound healing. You can use it on any part of the body. Again, also fibroids, a big one with a lot of uh, women fibroids now fibroids can be from a nutritional standpoint i have a supplement protocol it's so complicated so i mean if you could get rid of fibroids with just this i mean it'd be really good because my protocol for fibroids is ridiculously big um, but yeah and drawing that circulation to the area is going to heal quicker um it's got great moisturizing effects some people use it just to moisturize the skin I've used it topically on like my stomach area, even on top of my liver. Now I will tell you anytime I've ever used it on my liver, I sleep way better that night. Great sleep quality. I, I did it last night over my liver. I had three different, they weren't flannels, but I had these from four. I slept 12 hours last night. <laughs> like basically just about straight. I kind of wish I wouldn't have done it because I don't, I really haven't woke up today. I'm trying to like get through this study, but yeah, it, I can attest it really does. You do sleep better on castor oil for sure. I think people really underestimate the liver and how much better it can help with our sleep. Um, but anyway, so many great applications. To consider using it and stay tuned because Fruitful Yield is bringing in the Queen of Thrones castor oil packs. So there's yeah. going to be ones for your liver, your thigh. The Queen of Thrones is the one that I have determined is as most likely the best one out there. It's the highest rating. Uh, it, ha it checks all the boxes. They're the ones that have the, 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 the uh, castor oil um, liver pack that has the backing where it doesn't let it leak through. It's, it's like 39 bucks. It's ridiculously expensive, but uh, you know, they do have that. Your eyes, your stomach and abdomen area. So check those out. Stay tuned. Okay. So, um, we have that video, another video from a doctor here. Sean, I'm the naturopath for SNU Therapy. Today we're going to talk about castor oil, how we use it, why we use it, some toxicity concerns, and why it's the best thing you'll ever have. Castor oil comes from the oil extracted from the castor bean. Castor oil is one of the world's oldest cultivated crops, and it's used medicinally by cultures across... You should see the, this castor oil plant, I mean, that what produces the beans, I mean, it's wild looking. I mean, just wild looking. ...for thousands of years. So the castor bean has a component called ricin in it, which has been some cause for concern due to its uh, potential toxicity. Right. Touch them. 
Oyster, so you can get poison from beets. Yes. Back in the late 70s, ricin was used to assassinate a Bulgarian journalist. Right. But in the extraction of the oil from the castor bean, there's no ricin whatsoever. Right. It is free from... So you don't have to worry about that. But it, yeah, it can, it can be used like as a biological agent okay but that none of that is in this the castor oil that you would be getting any toxicity so for me naturopathically i use castor oil in a wide variety of settings everything from frozen shoulder to fibroids right it is an amazing oil uh, when applied topically not internally when applied topically now, i disagree I think it's amazing when you take it internally, when you put it in the eyes, and when you apply it topically. Uh, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you that's what I do, okay? So they're trying to cover, you know, their rear end, and they're trying to be very, air very, very, very much on the side of safety. I get it. I understand it. But a lot of people, I mean, you go back and you watch the little rascals. They're taking this stuff by, you know, like two, three tablespoons at a time. You know, that was that was just normal way of life back then. Okay. And the stuff is about as safe as is anything that you're gonna put in or on your body. But again, everything in moderation. Um, at helping reduce inflammation and increase blood circulation to the area, which uh, speeds healing and can help break down scar tissue. Yes. So I uh, super good for stretch marks, old scars, that kind of stuff too. A bit topically and not internally in the 50s it was used internally as a, as a very strong laxative but today in the context of we're talking about it it's much i use it much more topically and there are two forms one is literally just rubbing it on and allowing the skin to absorb it but the most common application um, that i prescribe it in is called the castor oil pack which is castor oil with a flannel and you're applying it over the particular area and you can go up there and, and tr tr you can find organic now, I think the one you get from Queen of Thrones, and I give you a link to that Amazon page, again, but you can go directly to their website and get it, which you don't have to go through Amazon then. Um, they, the one that they've got, I think the flannel is built in to the thing that doesn't let it come through, which really would be the most convenient way to get it, for sure. Or you can actually buy the flannels, but make sure it's like organic cotton flannels or whatever they're made of and, and use that kind whether it's the abdomen or the liver or a joint, um, and then putting a heat pack on it and leaving that for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. And if now, you I, leave, I leave them on all night, which is what most people that do the castor oil packs on their liver do it. But again, why just do it on the liver? I mean, yeah, that's great, but what if you've got chronic lower back? What if you've got chronic hip issues? What if you've got chronic knee? Why not leave it on there all night while you're sleeping? I have neoprene braces because I use these really, I've used neoprene braces when I weight train for I don't even know how long. I mean, I, I don't, what I'm doing now is more like strongman type of stuff and in, 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 uh, more functional training is what I do now. I do a lot of body weight stuff. I flip tires out back. I do farmer's carries. Um, I do sledgehammer things on, on tires. I do tire drags. I do a lot of the treadmill i walk backwards i walk forwards i i do all kind of stuff that's therapeutic and functional and stuff that's really good for the hips the joints the knees the lower back building your posterior chain that's what i'm more focused on because i'm more focused on injury prevention and just 
kind of uh, maintaining strength. I, I'm always trying to get stronger, but I'm not. I'm not lifting like the heavy weights that I used to lift. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, but I am trying to maintain um, strength. And you know, the Bible says the wise man is strong. Yea, the wise man increaseth in strength. And I think that's literal what it talks about there. So, um, but I'm not doing like what I was doing before where I was going really, 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 really heavy. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm staying away from all that stuff. Um, this castor oil is, I would say right now, and I've been doing this, man, probably for really only a couple of weeks as far as putting it on the joints and not even that long, probably maybe a week to 10 days. I'd say it's about the best thing I've ever used for that. Even though I've had castor oil, I never was really using it the way I should use it. Um, it's amazing. You do that three to four times a week, you will be amazed at how much better um, everything will be functioning. So it may seem like a really simple intervention, but castor oil is one of my main go-tos because I find it so effective. Yeah, it is. It is. So there's all kind of stuff up on YouTube. You can watch about this. You can watch stuff on castor oil for hours. But I wanted to give you that bit of uh, stuff there. Now, I'm going to try. I'm, I'm still trying to get as far as I can here. Uh, next report. Ibuprofen kills thousands every year. So what is the alternative? Here are seven clinically validated natural alternatives worth considering. Ibuprofen can stop your heart um, and in gives you a 31% increase in cardiac arrest arrest risk. Did you know that Merck's blockbuster drug Vioxx caused more than 27,000 deaths and heart attacks between 1999 and 2003? In fact, it was the FDA's own drug and safety researcher, David Graham, who blew the whistle on the agency in a 2004 congressional hearing, estimating that over 60,000 Americans died as a result of its use. Can you imagine if, if there was like a nutrient that killed 60,000 people? You know, the the we we would we would never ever hear the end about it. But they just sweep it under the rug and keep going because they love death. Anyway, um, the FDA's inaction around their well-known side effects. Uh, what does this have to do with ibuprofen? Researchers have known that high doses of ibuprofen is as least as dangerous as Vioxx for at least eleven years now. But millions continue to take the drug daily without receiving adequate warnings. While heart disease and cardiac mortality statistics continue to expand unabated, for further background on the severe and still underreported dangers of ibuprofen, consult the following articles. I give you three different articles here. Ibuprofen kills thousands each year. What's the alternative? Ibuprofen can stop your heart. 31% increase in cardiac risk. And ibuprofen uh, is deadly as Vioxx. You can also view our ibuprofen database, which presently... Uh, collates the peer-reviewed research on the link between ibuprofen use in over 30 conditions. Considering the veritable nightmare of adverse effects associated with ibuprofen use, the painkiller that is so effective, it permanently cures pain by killing the patient, it behooves both the medical profession and the health consumer to find safer alternatives, even if that means going back to the time-tested, multi multiculturally validated tradition of herbal medicine. Here are six, it's really seven, because I added one in. Here are seven clinically validated alternatives worth considering. My comment is castor oil should be at the top of the list. Now, I understand if you have a headache, 
You can't slather. You can slather castor oil all over your head. True. You can. Um, <laughs> I think, again, there's a practicality issue. But for certain pain issues, I'm telling you, castor oil is unbelievable. But then there's also Arnica. Arnica, a 2007 study found that Arnica applied topically was effective as ibuprofen for relieving stress associated with osteoarthritis of the wrist with less side effects. Uh, yeah, I would probably say put the castor oil on the wrist or on the joint, wrap it in, like put a neoprene brace over it or something that's not going to bleed through, something maybe with a rubber backing and let that sit on there and or heat it. I would probably try that first or combine the arnica with the castor oil. Castor oil actually will, will increase the penetration of whatever you mix it with, kind of like DMSO. So make sure that whatever you're putting with the castor oil doesn't have a ton of chemicals in it because DMSO will, will penetrate it right into the body. That's another thing you could use is DMSO. Um, could be added to this list. Ginger is another one. A 2009 study. These are all linked studies. You can click on the link. Found that ginger was effective as ibuprofen for pain symptoms associated with the menstrual cycles. Three, turmeric. Um, 2014 study found that turmeric extracts were as effective as ibuprofen for relieving symptoms of knee osteoarthritis. Again, what if you did turmeric internally, a little bit of castor oil internally, and applied castor oil right over the, jo uh, over the knee joint? telling you that'll help uh, another one thyme uh, a 2004 study found that the extract of thyme was effective as ibuprofen in reducing pain and spasms associated with difficult menstrual cycles five omega-3 fatty acids a 2006 study found that omega-3 fatty acids um, helped w w basically with fish oil helped neurosurgery patients reduce their need for medications experienced results consistent with Previous research indicating palliative effects as least as effective as ibuprofen. Yeah, it's a really good anti-inflammatory. Um, then the last one they list is cinnamon. A 2015 study found that cinnamon was as effective as ibuprofen for pain associated with different difficult menstrual cycles. And that's just a little sampling here. Okay, then the next one is the history and truth about blood pressure. Okay, so I'm going to go over this quickly this report below is insightful and falls into line with the blood marker parameters that have been lowered by the medical world which in turn generates millions of more customers for the pharmaceutical companies every time they do so uh, meaning every time they lower what they say is acceptable blood pressure they get millions of more customers because all of a sudden oh now you're out of range so now you've got to take a blood pressure man they did the same thing with blood sugar used to be like 120 and then it was like whatever and now you know anything they want you to be under 100 i've had patients in the past you put them under 100 blood sugar wise and they'll pass out so it's just not cookie cutter and every time they do that they get millions of more customers they did the same thing with cholesterol which is the biggest scam of them all that i've talked about king cholesterol in the keyword i don't have time to go into it today but it's it's a total satanic scam um for the most part with this stuff so See below also two of the best things you can do for yourself for just for blood pressure is consume one to two cloves of organic garlic and one to two tablespoons of organic first pressed uh, olive oil every day. This is the one I use and you should be able to find that one at almost all grocery stores. It's, it's it, And this one was one of the ones that they tested and found that it was pure, real because a lot of them aren't. Organic extra virgin olive oil Terra Delisa, and I give you a link there, but you'll 
they um, the grocery stores around here have it this one has a uh like a yellow label with a like a black horse i think on the bottle both of these are tremendous for blood pressure uh promoting good blood lipid profiles and regulating blood sugar etc etc see there's a link here nine health benefits of garlic garlic alone is unbelievable just unbelievable what garlic can do for you and then eight science-based benefits of olive oil another unbelievable what olive oil can do for you by itself and then 19 foods proven to lower blood pressure there's a whole report on that also organic beet juice powder can help lead, great help with blood pressure now the history and truth about blood pressure th th this was not written by me but the, the author says in my clinical practice it is common for people to come to me with concerns of high blood pressure it is a valid concern but in order to correct the imbalance it is important to understand what defines high blood pressure uh, and why it is elevated. What is blood pressure? Blood pressure is the pressure of the blood in the circulatory system often measured for diagnosis since it is closely related to the force and rate of the heartbeat and the diameter, diameter and elasticity of the arterial walls. A blood pressure reading gives two numbers. For example, 140 over 90. The top number is called systolic and is the amount of pressure inside the arteries when the heart contracts. The bottom number is called diastolic. It is the arterial pressure when the heart relaxes between beats. So what is normal? Since 2003, 120 over 80 has been considered the traditional textbook definition of normal blood pressure. The recommendation stated that 120 over 80 is normal. Blood pressure readings of 130 to 139 is considered prehypertension, and then blood pressures above 140 over 90 is considered high blood pressure. The definition of normal, however, has changed over time, just like blood sugar just like cholesterol numbers and every time the medical pharma cartel does it they get millions of more customers addicted to their devil drugs that don't fix anything but they just manipulate your numbers and then they wreck your liver in the process and the the statins that one they give for cholesterol stops all coq10 production which sets you up for a massive heart attack all by design um again king cholesterol because i've done whole studies on that one at contendingfortruth.com at one time it was believed that normal systolic blood pressure was 100 plus your age in the 1970s intervention wasn't even recommended until pressures exceeded 165 over 95 prior to 2003 140 over 90 was considered normal but again they just keep manipulating the numbers down here Okay, so um, let me just see here. The reason a higher blood pressure was and is acceptable in older people is because as we age, blood vessels tend to become more rigid. As a result, it's not uncommon for systolic blood pressure to increase. Today, a reading of 120 over 80 is considered textbook normal, but according to earlier blood pressure standards, someone over the age of 40 can have a 140 over 90 reading and it can be considered perfectly acceptable but again like we said you know in the in the 70s they didn't even do anything until it was 165 over 95 okay again and we're not all cookie cutter we're not all you can't just put everybody in boxes and say oh well that's but that's what they're always trying to do and then when they manipulate the numbers down of what they say is normal then they get their medical pharma cartel medication millions of more customers and that's why they're doing it. They're not doing it because they care about your health. That's for sure. We know that. <laughs> look at look at the COVID scamdemic. They're trying to kill us off. 
Um, this ends by saying, to me, the standards in the 1970s and the current updated guidelines are more acceptable than the 120 over 80 textbook normal. One size does not fit all when it comes to health, taking age and overall health into consideration. It is important to uh, is it, that is an important factor in deciding what is healthy or normal for a person in question. Now, I'm going to end with this one, and it is my newsletter. I posted my whole newsletter on blood sugar and parasites. I'm posting my whole newsletter on cardiovascular issues, heart disease, blood pressure, arteriosclerosis, HDL, LDL, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, arrhythmia, angina, rapid pulse rate, or tachycardia, and obesity, obesity and what to do about it. Now, I'm not going to go over this whole thing. It is big. This PDF for this teaching, oh, it's going to be huge. But you can read this at your leisure and or print it out. Now, if you print it out, you won't be able to access the links. Um, but this is like 30 plus years of my knowledge on these subjects. And I find myself going back into these enormous Word docs I have. And updating them and I've been doing that for like 30 years now I didn't have word 30 years ago but I'm saying since I've created them my, my knowledge base goes back before that you know um, and what I've done is I posted a lot of things in here that I've learned over the years that can affect these areas and this is all things cardiovascular okay um, first reports lowering blood pressure naturally and then I, I, I give a whole bunch of explanations about different things um, uh, with diet, uh, trans fatty acids, uh, omega-3s for blood pressure, chlorinated water. That's another one, too. Um, mm, let's see here. Just different things. It's, it's just a really good rundown of diet exercise the whole nine yards and then supplements you can also take primarily the ones i carry some of them i don't i don't carry the edta chelation but some of these supplements i carry that will help with specific things okay and i'm just kind of scrolling through it right now um let's see here um I got this newsletter. I got this in 2016 from Scott. He said, greetings, I was in the hospital four months ago. They did an echo, an echocardiogram on me and told me my injection fraction was in the 10 to 15% range when it's, wow, 55 to 75% is normal, which is not good. This past money, I had another echo done, again, to check on the status of my low ejection fraction. So in four months, he got his results today and it went from 10 to 15 to 35 to 40. That's really good in four months. The cardiologist seemed very surprised and said repeatedly he was thrilled at my overall progress. Wow, this is not a guy who tends to overstate things. He even mentioned to me that he may want to reduce my prescriptions. Yeah, thank you. The next visit in six months, I attribute my great progress in just four months primarily to the products that you recommended. Thank you so much for your advice and help. All the best, Scott. So, yeah, I mean, I, I receive a lot of testimonials. I don't, a lot of times, have time to repost them. Sometimes they'll make their way into, like, something like this. Um, it's just that I just don't have the physical time to repost all the testimonials that, that I get. That I, here's, here's another one after that. Um, so... 
this just tells you a lot of different things about a lot of different things you can do, a lot of different products, what you do for AFib, bundle, branch block, murmur, skip heartbeat. Mitra, I have a whole section on that, on what products to take. Uh, arteriosclerosis, how to take natokinase, and then I have a whole section on EDTA chelation, okay, which I don't sell, but I, I give you the, the information on that and all the things about that. Okay, and, and the best place to get vascular screenings done, lifeline screening, and I give you a link to that, and different chelations that you can get, um, and all that. It's it's all laid out in here. How do how we prevent calcification in the body? How magnesium relates to um, this subject as well? Magnesium orate is a really good one specifically for the heart, and um, what to do about tachycardia, which is rapid heart rate, what to do about HDL, VLDL, LDL, if they're out of range, primarily really you want to do a good um, uh, fish oil, okay, I use DaVinci Labs Omega-3 HPD, I'm hoping to get that back in stock, I'm totally out right now, uh, that's a really good one, really good value for the money, that one, I'll tell you, I, I didn't even realize it until I started researching, I'm like, man, this is such a good value. So I have a whole section on fish oils and how that relates. And then also have another section on liver and kidney and how that can relate. Because diastolic tends to, if you had high diastolic, it tends to relate more to the kidneys. If you have a high systolic, it has it tends to relate more to the liver. And, I, and that's complicated, but I explain that all to you in this newsletter, how that relates. Also congestive heart failure, which is the, that is the most hard, that is the hardest thing to treat because that typically when you get into congestive heart failure, that is, is what takes people out at the very, very end of their life. And in order to reverse it, it is very much dependent upon you supporting the kidneys and the heart, the cardiovascular system very, very heavily, because usually if you have congestive heart failure, you've got a lot of fluid buildup in the legs, pitting edema, those are bad, bad, bad signs. That's a sign that your heart is not even able and your kidneys are not able to even get that fluid out of the lower legs. And it has to do with getting a little bit of exercise in. It has to do with being on the right products. It has to do sometimes with lowering your blood pressure. It has to do with supporting the heart and the kidneys. And I have had good results with that, but usually that is a complicated thing to help and it's a matter of if the patient will do what needs to be done um and that's all i actually do have for today I actually even got done a little bit early today so i'm going to get all this up now again this last part i didn't really cover my newsletter but this this is going to be probably about a 40 page pdf you can print this out and read it at your leisure um and um you know just go from there. So God bless you and Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio.